Hey, New Life family, welcome to the weekly podcast. We want to take a moment to say thank you so much for listening. We hope this message encourages you and helps you in some way today move forward in your relationship with Christ and others. We pray God blesses you wherever you are today. Now enjoy the message. I would ask that first, bear with me, my uh, allergies, sinuses have kicked my butt, like almost feel like I've been in a boxing ring with Mike Tyson, but I got both of my ears still, so bear with me because it's all congested. So I'm just real quick. I just want to pray. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity. And God, I just pray and ask that you be with us. Lord, that you would just lead this, this moment, these next few moments, God. Lord, as we give you our attention and our focus, we ask that you would speak, that you would move upon our heart. And Lord, I just pray for your will to be done. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have the opportunity to uh, uh, talk about the messy, as what Brother Tommy was uh, talking about. And so uh, I've been asking, uh, it's a privilege uh, that I'm going to share my testimony with you. Um, and it'll lead to some few points that I have. Uh, that we'll talk about. <clears throat> so, um, so a little bit about uh, my life story uh, that I get to uh, speak with you guys about this morning. And um, uh, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. Um, you know, for those that know me, um, that don't know me, uh, some of you've heard, you know, some of my stories. So I'm going to give you most of it today. But, um, it kind of started back, um, uh, I was born, I came from my mama's belly, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, uh, it's, it started, uh, when I was, when I was two years old, um, I had found out, uh, I, I guess from, I couldn't really comprehend then, but, you know, as I, a few years later, I <clears throat> heard and could comprehend uh, then, but uh, at the age of two, uh, I experienced um, uh, my biological father um, stopped claiming me. He said I wasn't his. Um, so I grew up in a household uh, without a father. Uh, it was just my mom. I did have a brother who was two years older than me, um, and his his dad wasn't in the picture. Um, it, his dad claimed him, but uh, his dad wasn't in the picture. Uh, much as well until a little later in his life. So uh, my, it was my brother and I, we grew up uh, uh, in a single parent household. Uh, my mom raised us both. But at the age of two, uh, I was told that uh, and my biological father wasn't necessarily really even around when I was born um, up until that point. But it was the point to where he won. He had several kids, but I was one that he's like, yeah, you know, he's not mine. In reality, uh, he knew I was his. But um, so I grew up in life, uh, just carrying around some uh, bitterness and anger. When I could comprehend what I was feeling from knowing that situation, uh, I remember as a kid um, that you know it just kind of just just was boiling inside with just some anger and bitterness to, uh, towards men, 
particular men specifically, especially what I've experienced with, you know, not having a father in the home. I remember even a few occasions to where, uh, I remember one night, uh, my, my mom took my brother and I, and, and we, um, uh, my mom was dating a boyfriend at that time and we was in the car. I don't know. We had to be six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. Um, and we, we go, I don't know, some situation was going on. Well, my mom just got us in the car. We go, uh, and we go to where he was at and he was with some friends and, and such like that. And I think, um, it was a little bit under the influence and, uh, you know, already kind of started harboring some of this pain and such, um, up until that point. And I just remember like, uh, that day, you know, some of the things that I remember or that we even remember, sometimes remembering those things only helps or leads us to where to go forward. And so by telling this part, you know, it's, you know, to remember this part specifically, you know, I, you know, it just, uh, propels and understand to where my future would go from you know in my life and so uh, I remember going and it was a an evening it was it was late at night I mean I think my mom got us out of bed it's like nine to the clock some situation going on we're in the back of the car and I remember mom getting out she's like staying here she gets out the car and uh, they're having this argument or whatever on the side of the car and then all I can remember is being at that age and you know, felt my brother and I in the back seat, and we could feel the car shake. And you know, at what we could only know, we look out the window, and it was almost like you know our mother being pushed against the side of the car. And so you know, we had obviously we're we're young. We there's there's nothing we could do. Uh, we um, you know my brother just he was a couple years older than I was. He just wrapped his arms around me, and I'm sitting there crying. So I don't know what's what's happening. And then um, a few moments after that, you know, she get, my mom gets in the car and she's pretty upset. She takes us home. So if you can only understand, like, just what continued to pile on top of itself to where now is at an age to understand and see some experience where I'm just like, you know, I don't know what this is, but I know this is not okay. And so it just began to pile on at that moment in my life of just this hurt and anger and bitterness to have to these male figures unfortunately um this guy that my mom was dating this wasn't you know uh unfortunately he was still in our life as they continue to still date not again did we ever see that moment especially as my brother and i got older because it's not something we would have put up with as we just matured in our physical selves and so at this point, I, I, you know, I was just harboring this hurt and this pain. And, you know, some understand, but really don't understand, like, what this is inside of me. I used to have, like, a, you know, I I used to be, you know, I would get very angry. You know, there would be a situation or something happening, like, I'm about to yell at somebody for no reason. Um, you know, I, uh, I hate that, you know, some probably in here uh, in my past experienced some of those moments to where I was a little hot-headed uh, just because I was, you know, those some outward things happened, but there was the root issue of what was causing some of these things. But in my life at that point, that was the only way I could express it. Um, and, you know, I didn't, again, 
uh, grew up in a single parent home. Uh, we didn't, I didn't know God. There was no church, nothing like that. Now my grandma, she always, you know, uh, faithfully went to church. Um, and I was close with my grandma on special holidays. We would go like Easter or some certain things like that. And, but that was about it. That was the extent of any uh, church, any God, any quote unquote religion um, that I had experienced. So there was none of that. Um, so I just continued to go through life and, you know, in my teenage years. Um, and I just, I, I just, I just continued to harbor what I felt in that time from growing up in, in that moment. Now, uh, my mom, um, she had a brother, which was my uncle to where, you know, he did kind of play a role in my life into the, the moment where he uh, was, uh, uh, went to prison. Um, and so there was, there was a little something there that I had, but it was still, you know, nothing real or, or tangible from what I could know from a male perspective in my life. So um, we move out and it, it, I do, I'm very thankful for my mother to where most of my other family members and such, they kind of lived in the city, ran the city life and about that. But my mom, um, she, she took us away from the city and, you know, moved us out to Grandview. Not necessarily the greatest, but it's way better than what you hear some stories and different things when you li living in the city. So she took us out in an environment to at least get some better education and away from what, you know, our cousins were experiencing and the type of lifestyle they was living. Um, so she moved us out. And as I started going to Grandview High School, uh, I met um, a close friend of mine. Um, and, you know, we was like brothers, like, you know, weekends, I'm staying at his house and, and different things. We were brothers. And, uh, and it's funny because um, he started going to this church um, through uh, liking or dating someone that was in the youth here. And several times he would ask, he's like, hey, man, you want to go to church with me? I'm like, no, no, I got, I got something to do. And if, this was on Wednesdays. I'm like, no, I got something to do. And then just at some point, I was, it was one Wednesday and I was like, I was like, hey, do you, I was like, you going to church? And he, uh, tonight he was like, yeah. I was like, can I go with you? He was like, of course you can. Like, you know, the van will be here at my house at this time. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'll be there and let's go. And you know, it's kind of funny as we joke, those that have been here, like that was the day that this church couldn't get rid of me. So uh, I was about 15 at that time. And I think it was during the summer um, and you know, you know, I come and, yeah, okay, so, you know, it's, maybe don't look cool now, but, you know, I came with my matching jumpsuit, like my, I I think it was the green sweats with the green sweater. It was cool back then. Don't judge me. You know what I'm talking about. It's going to come back in style. The 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 high socks and everything, the, the short pants, they're back in style. Those jumpsuits are going to come back in style, so just watch it. So, you know, I'm thinking I'm cool. I get on, you know, get on the van, get my little matching outfit on thinking I'm cool and you know it's uh there was a few friends that we knew from uh, that we met outside of the church that actually was going here so I was going to at least know a couple and then, you know of course like you know I'm a single young man and he's like yeah it's a pretty big youth with a lot of girls I was like oh okay let's do this you know so uh so I, I come to church and it was a Wednesday night service and it was just just it, it was it was pretty cool you know and what was going on and different things but you know that was cool we had some games and it was just fun and then at that moment I wasn't coming to Sundays I wasn't a Sunday Christian yet I, I I wasn't there yet you know so I was just that Wednesday you know 
church a bus ride, a van rider. I can't do Sundays. Like, I mean, we're talking about early and yeah, I, I'm not there yet. So, you know, let me get saved first and then I can become a Sunday Christian or something. So I uh, uh, continued to go on Wednesdays and we had games and it was fun. And man, I, I, I tell you, there was just some moments that I remember leading in worship and, uh, and uh, worship going on. And I, and I remember even a couple moments standing over here and like, I didn't necessarily rope, like raise my hands, but there was like, you know, I remember moments just like some tears where I'm like, what is this? Like, what is going on with me? Like, you better stop it. There's some girls over here and they see you crying. You're a big punk. You know what I mean? So I was just like, you know, like, hold on. Like, but I don't know. There was just something I felt. I didn't understand or comprehend it. And then just really experiencing that, um, uh, the church at that time, we had two services on a Sunday morning and Sunday night. Thank the Lord we don't anymore. Um, but we used to have the Sunday night. So kind of after those moments, I began to be like, okay, I think I want to become a, a Sunday goer. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I remember this day, it was a funny by Fred D where you were, uh, we, I stayed the night with them that Saturday and there was another Fred Curtis with this. And they're like, they're like, okay, we have to tell you something. I'm like, yeah. I was like, what's up? I was like, about Sunday. I'm like, okay. Like I've been there on Wednesday. What are you talking about? And they're like, we have to tell you something that kind of goes on uh, that that happens. And I'm like, okay, like, what are you guys talking about, dude? Like, now you're kind of getting weird, you know, like, what's going on? And they said, they said the, the, the pastor sometimes, like, speaks stuff that we don't understand. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I mean, is it foreign language? Like, he's speaking German or something? Like, what? what is it? And they're like, listen, there's like, listen. They said, if you hear it, don't ask us because we don't know. They said, don't ask because we don't know. I'm like, all right, like, so, you know, so we come to that, that, that service Sunday night. And Pastor Tim said this time, I don't, again, I don't know what it is, but the, the moment happened, as we would know, speaking in tongues is what it was. The moment happened to where, you know, he felt the unction of speaking in tongues. And I kid you not. I was on one, like in the middle, and they were like, I mean, we were kind of all in rows. And I looked down, and then they was like, don't ask me. Like, I promise you, like, it was in the middle. They was like, don't ask. And I was like, what in the world is this? Like, I was like, I was like, now I get it. And I was, they was like, don't ask, because we don't know. We don't understand. I'm like, okay, well, all right. But it didn't weird me out. I didn't understand the dude or the others. Uh, the, you know, Pastor Mika as well, I didn't understand, but, you know, I continued to come. So. I started being a Sunday Christian goer, uh, so I thought I was moving up, you know what I mean? Like, things are progressing in my life. Um, in this moment, you have to understand, I still was harboring some things from my past and childhood that was just deep-rooted in me, and, you know, I just remember being in, in services, and, and this was one thing that to where, you know, you're in, you're in church, but it's like that one thing that you're just like, you know, as I begin to understand and comprehend just some things going on, you know, it's just like that one thing that I'm like, nah, you can't have that, God. You can touch, like, you know, that, you know, I want to date some of the girls in the youth group or, I, you know, these little things I was struggling with. I'm like, you can have those things, but you can't have this one. Like, th this is mine. I'm entitled to this. Like, I don't care what you do. It's my right to hold on to this. So I love you, God. Move in my life, but you better not touch that, 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 that keep box right there. And so, um, you know just kind of life goes on um, as 
most of you that know Micah, the pastor's uh, kid, Micah, um, we started becoming good friends and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I, again, like I said, there was like the day you know, the church couldn't get rid of me. So I was here. I remember being in services and being prayed for and just not understanding and like just weeping and, and different things and, you know, didn't understand, you know, most of those things. And um, I, uh, I began to know that during the summer, okay, we go to church camp. And, you know, the first, the first time that uh, I, the, the year that came around after that, I didn't have uh, the, uh, the money to go or anything, so didn't go that year. Following year did. Um, and, 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 and hear me, when, when I would come, there was several men, uh, Pastor Tim, Brother Tommy, I remember uh, uh, Lee uh, back in that day, Brother Rob, uh, and these Herb, and these uh, even Danny. There was these men, Marvin, there was these men, and, you know, they all would just want to tell me, like, you know, you know, we, we hug each other, and, and, you know, man, love you, man, you know, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, no, you don't, like, who are you, like, I don't even really know you, and again, I had this guard against me, I'm not going to let you come any closer than I want you to, because I'm, I, I have something in me that I'm entitled to, and I'm not letting you get close to interrupt any of that holding, and I kept them at a distance, I you know, some at some occasions I was combative, even in the moments that they were loving and, and wanting to love on me, even though they probably should have just been like, this dude is something else. Like, no, nah, I'm gone. Like, you know, he can just go on with his life. And I'm thankful that they didn't. But again, the men of the church, some great, mighty men here. And I, I, I just kept them at a distance and things until uh, the, the time, the following year that I didn't go to church camp, that I went. Um, and, you know, at this moment, what, uh, I was 17, I was around there, uh, but uh, 16, 17, um, and that, no, I mean 16, and at this moment, um, I remember there was an altar call, there was an altar call, um, you know, several services in a week, and there was an altar call that the preacher gave for forgiveness, and I was just, uh, and at this moment, like, again, I was experiencing God in different levels and ways. And wanting to draw closer to him and it was an altar call for forgiveness and then you know you know you're sitting there especially some of you maybe that was in church as youngers you know your heart is just pounding and you're just kind of feel like you're nervous but it's like no it's the holy spirit and i didn't fully understand that and i was like you know what like i was like man my heart's pounding i was like i'm just gonna go to this altar and i remember at the campgrounds and i came up to the altar and i just begin to just I began to pray, you know, to God. And again, I was like, you can have some of the other stuff, but you can't have this. And I remember like it was literally yesterday, Pastor Tim, he comes up and um, um, uh, oh, let me take just one little step back. Leading up to this moment, um, I remember um, leaving from church uh, sometimes and I wanted to hang out with Micah and um, I would ride with them. And I remember one day we were riding down 71 past the Grandview and the lightning. Everybody remember that? That car was sweet. But uh, we're riding down the lightning and all three of us in there and, and Pastor Tim just looks at me and he's like, you know, do you have a father in your life? And I'm like, you know, at this moment, I'm still keeping my distance from men in here, even though like I would want to be around them. I was still like, I'll be around it, but you can't come in here. And I remember riding down and about the time, and he looked over, he said, do you, do, he's like, is your dad in your life? And 
like no and I began to briefly share a little about it a little bit about it and you know with you know um, all uh, sincereness and just with everything that I could feel in that moment in that car he looks at me and he said Deontay I want to be that I want to be that male figure in your life and like at this moment I never heard you know any other male you know say that there were, you know again keeping that distance and I was like man like I didn't I wasn't against it I was like it's kind of weird because man you know I have something in me that like I'm you know keep to a distance and he's like I want to be that figure in your life and I mean it touched me deeply but I still held on to what hurt and bitterness I had and um, and it, it, it touched my life and it touched my life in a way but I still didn't let it go to that one area um, and so, you know, uh, Mike and I, we begin to get closer. And then we have this year church camp. And the, the altar calls forgiveness. I go up and then Pastor Tim comes up and then he starts praying with me. I don't know who we had prayed with other than that day as the pastors and stuff was praying for people. But I just remember it was like he was with me for the longest. And I would and I was just kind of praying to God. I didn't really know how to pray to him to touch this area in my life. But I knew there was something in my life that needed to be touched. And I didn't know that. And he becomes he, he comes alongside of me and he just begins to pray and just and then he begins to talk and say, Deontay, you have to let that thing go. You have to let it go. The anger, the bitterness, the pain you feel from your biological father, that is what you need to let go and to forgive. What did Pastor Mika say last night? That you may not get that forgiveness. You may not get that I'm sorry, but God has taken it. I didn't get the I'm sorry from this man, but I begin to at that altar and I just at that point just couldn't contain what I was feeling inside and literally just begin to let God take it. And what was so, and that, that moment was great and amazing. But as we were talking about, you know, spiritual fathers, I, I, you know, I'm a man, you know, as a, as a woman, spiritual mothers as to you. But as I, you know, I will even talk a little bit about, you know, uh, being a spiritual father to others. At that moment, that was an amazing, great thing that God uprooted for me. But what was even more powerful, powerful is that this man stood with me, you know, in, you know, in that moment, he was standing beside me and standing with me as a spiritual father to a son. And that began to transform along the way, but at this moment, this spiritual father to a son, and then that what was really begin to literally uproot all of it and God began to remove it. And I even remember that he felt from the Spirit of the Lord, he said, listen, he said, don't leave this place until it's all gone. And people was beginning to go up and, you know, talk. I think uh, who was leading worship at that moment was about, you know, kind of stopped playing. They began to play some music in the back. Now I remember that Pastor Tim at this moment was with me still at the altar, even as people was leaving. And all I remember was as I got up from there, this man right here was still with me. And it wasn't, it was maybe a few left around and he was still with me. And it began to change my life from that moment on. And I, you know, I still wasn't perfect. I still had that, that messiness. And uh, you that know, don't go there with me. But, you know, I, 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 still, I, I still had some issues. I, I, I still had some faults and some failures and, uh, you know, just some rebuttal at times. And, but uh, these people in my life, 
never left that moment. And from that moment on, I began to let Tommy and Herb and these men that were amazing men into my life and really just begin to let them step my life on a personal level that really be helped shape and mold, you know, me in that, that instance. And from this moment, from that moment, I just felt free from that, like a freedom I've never experienced, like just such weight, just such of this is gone. And it was just like, you know, like, man, like it was just an amazing encounter that that's why, man, somebody can't tell me to my face that God isn't real because that encounter is what changed the trajectory of my life. Uh, after that moment, uh, I think even that following year, my friend D, who, who originally I started coming to church with uh, as they were driving, coming to give me, um, him and another uh, gentleman uh, got into a car wreck. He ended up passing away at that age. And, you know, we go, I go to the hospital and all of that happened. The pastors are there. And I remember going home. And did I remember, like, as they were coming home, they called. They said, hey, if you don't want to be alone, you can come stay with us. And from that moment, they couldn't get rid of me from their house. So, so uh, you know, so I, I, uh, I, I go. And, again, Micah was just, you know, a few years uh, age off. And, and so we just drew, you know, drew closer. And then. You know, it started stepping into not just spiritual parents, but they became my parents as even such a greater role as Pastor Mika began to take in my life as a as a as a woman of God in my life. Again, I had a great relationship, you know, with my mom. My mom always encouraged me to come to church. She was always good with it, and I'm so grateful for that. And she never once uh, you know, came against the fact that, you know, these people were stepping to take a place in my life. And, you know, even um, even in 2010, Mike and I go off to college. And after I came back, I basically moved into their house. I don't even know if I really asked, but that's where my stuff went. So uh, I was I was I was living with them. Um, and again, up to this point, you know, again, I wouldn't I, I still had some rough edges and stuff that we were working on. Uh, Brother Tommy was really helping me on some of those rough edges. And uh, I can attest that, yeah, I still wouldn't I still had some issues. My life was still messy. But there was something that changed my life that really just began to uh, push me and propel me um, to God. And after we come back from college, um, uh, that that church camp, and I think at that point, I think I may have been, uh, I was an intern, I think the first year intern that they had. And uh, I remember the minister at the, at the front, and he began, uh, I don't know if he set it up from the front, maybe he came and he said, Deontay, you will preach. You will preach. You will preach. And, you know, I, up until this point, like, I knew there was, like, something, like, that God was calling me to do. But I was, you know, I was running from it. I was, you know, trying to uh, put, you know, relationships and different things, you know, in, uh, in that way and stop that, you know, from happening. And, and uh, I remember him saying that. And uh, I think it was, uh, and then Pastor Mika comes up at this moment and then she begins to uh, uh, tell me what the word of the Lord told her while they was on vacation just you know a few months or so before that and at that moment to get under you know Pastor Tim and Brother Tommy um, as God was going to step me into a part of leadership within the church and that following year that's when I stepped in as the youth pastor and never in my life would I have imagined being one, you know, becoming a youth pastor. I'm sure a bunch of the leaders wouldn't have imagined like, man, this this van kid that was disrupting all kind of trouble with the 
ladies in the youth group and just everything, you know, just this messy kid. Like, never would they probably imagine, like, man, like, you know, this guy's meant to be your youth pastor, you know. And like, man, you guys get some issues there. But um, just things begin to change and happen in my life. And I stepped in and, and really, again, like I said, there's things in your life that, you've experienced that that happens it goes on and you you those things that you experience that you remember only uh, uh, shows and propels to where you know the future that uh, God has for your life and and I remember even and this is when I really knew that God had uh, uplift um, that uh, bitterness that I had I remember that I think it was the week of graduation um, I went to IHOP in Grandview and uh, we was, uh, I was with some friends, and I, I actually saw my biological father. And he comes up, and I could smell the, you know, the alcohol and stuff on him a little bit. And a uh, few, uh, uh, probably like 2005 or six, we actually did a DNA test because uh, there was some uh, child support stuff that was kind of coming into effect. And we did a test, and I was his. So the whole time um and i i saw him at, at ihop and i was i saw him and he comes up to me and i you know and uh we kind of locked eyes and i saw him and i was like wait i think that's him and he actually gets out of seat and comes up and you know he begins to talk and he's like hey uh you know i know i've been around in your life and he's he's been knowing i'm his and he said hey you know i want to be that you know i want to if you allow me be back in your life and I remember leaving that day, and uh, I, I, I don't know if it was that night or the next day, and I called, uh, Pop says I called him, I called him, I said, hey, I was like, I gotta talk to you about something, and I began to tell him, and he's like, hey man, you know, just pray about it, and you know, whatever God has to leave, it won't change, you know, my place in your life, I want you to know that, but whatever you feel, and, I, and you know, even in that moment, we had that uh, encounter with each other, I never felt uh, bitterness or angerness, like I'm about to punch you in your face, none of that, I, I didn't have any of that, and even at that moment of that conversation of realizing what uh, Pastor Tim had said to me, and I was just like, I'm okay, like, I'm at this point in my life, and I'm okay that he doesn't have he doesn't take that place in my life like i'm okay this is my pops this is the man that you know is 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 is, is my father in my life and you know and so from that moment on you know it was there you know i can recall back to moments that we i lived we lived in a cul-de-sac and uh being younger and i remember playing with some kids there and uh you know every and some of the parents were you know knew each other and i remember going um playing with them and i remember one day my mom was like hey look, we're gonna go over there to their house i'm like all right you know parents and stuff knew i thought everything was cool or like everything was just like uh everyone knew each other so it was just normal and then we were sitting down all, and they had them all sitting in the living room we're like can we go out and play like what's up and they begin to and uh and i for months maybe in a year or so was playing with this family and they finally told us and was like so this is your sister and this is your brother so that or so this one of the girls that i played with played with them for months i lived across the street and she was my sister and after that moment kind of knowing that uh, i know i took a step a few steps back here but uh even i remember there was a few days so, several times she'd be like hey um i just want you to know that daddy's about to come over so, and I remember going, sitting on the porch, he pulls up and seeing them 
you know, have interaction, you know, with, you know, him, with his daughter and her father. Um, and I just remember sitting there. So, you know, even understanding all those things that were harboring and still in that moment to see him and be like, you know, like, man, I can be cordial with you. And, and, and in fact, like, you know, I don't need this for this place for you to be in my life. I didn't tell him that, but it just went that way and it all understood. Um, so I, I, I'm so thankful for spiritual fathers in my life that stepped in. And even when I was a runt, I was annoying, getting on people's nerves. Right, Tommy? On that van ride to out of town. I'm in the back and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because she's here telling Casey, like, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Like being that little kid. And Tommy's like, would you quit? Like, you know, I was that kid. I was that kid. I was that kid. Like, I'm over here just annoying the fire out of people. Like, I really wasn't touching her, though. You know, let's get technical here. I wasn't touching her. And so, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong, you know. But, I, and, I, and I remember him yelling at me, you know. I was, that, I was that kid. I was that little runt that, you know, man, like, this dude getting on my nerves. I'm sure they said it plenty of times. You know, that little spot, you know, he has right here, that's all for me. So, I apologize, Tommy. I apologize, bro. I love you. I apologize. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, they got plenty of grays in there. So, you know, I'm so thankful for these people who took, you know, time in my life that, man, even when this dude was a, a pest, like, we love him. And that, and, and it so just impacted my life, you know, to this moment that I begin to step into youth pastoring. And now becoming a spiritual father to some of these young men and women to see what impact I had in my life the draw that it had and to be able to be a part of their life and it's crazy because you know three of them three of the boys are here today and uh that as I was youth pastor they was getting on my nerves and that's why I wear hats now so y'all don't see where my hairline really is because it's all their fault but to really understand and comprehend what God had for my life and it was that place that people took so understand you never know what the place that you take in other people's lives and that you have or even those in your lives to be those spiritual mothers and fathers we need them we need them uh, <clears throat> real quick before I go back to kind of some other parts you know you can look in the Bible and you can look at Moses and uh, Joshua they were two men who were very, they were connected in a special way. You know, even as coming out of Egypt, uh, Caleb and Joshua uh, and, you know, Aaron, they were the only ones who were at a, a, alive uh, at a very point, uh, as I get into scripture, that was still alive at that point that came out of there. And they had a very, a very special bond. And, you know, as we would call our day, you know, he was a, he was a mentor to him. You know, mentor means a wide trusted counselor or teacher. And that's what Moses was to Joshua. You know, in the book of Numbers, Moses is speaking with God. And God lets him know. God tells Moses, like, hey, it's funny because Pastor Mika said something about this, you know, last night. But God's telling Moses, like, hey, basically, because you didn't obey my commands, you won't go into the promised land. So I want you, Moses, to appoint the next leader. Hmm. Could you imagine what that may, what it felt like 
to hear to where like, man, we've been coming all this way for all this long. I can't not only go into the promised land, but I have to appoint the next leader. And even the leader is my spiritual son. And it's funny because when God appoints you, that even coming out of Egypt at this point that when Joshua was uh, appointed, I'm going to read a few scriptures here, that even at that moment, the other person that came out was Caleb. It wasn't Caleb, it was Joshua. But guess what? Caleb never had, if, when you read, he had, never had any envy or anything towards knowing and knowing that, yeah, that's the man to be appointed. So don't be jealous of maybe your neighbor taking a step because still God has something for you. Listen, if you can imagine what he was feeling, listen to this. A great spiritual father, uh, spiritual mother, mentor, leader is not afraid to raise up the next one to maybe lead in their place when they have a true heart of the father and understanding leadership. Listen, I tell you now, if that leader in your life is worried about it, have insecurity with it, run, run. Hmm. Because it's not about you anyway. It's about furthering the legacy that God has placed upon your life and or ministry. Put this up. Wherever God plants you or have you leading, we must not be insecure about raising the next generation. I'm so thankful for some men and women of God here. <laughs> it is funny because as I got under Brother Tommy and Yvette, as they were youth pastoring at, at that time when we came back from college, they wasn't afraid to raise up another generation who one that may become the, the next youth leader because God also had some other stuff planned for them. Hmm. Moses had a choice. Do I obey the command? And do I say, forget this dude? Like, yeah, right. Like, uh, like I, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like, you can have somebody else do that. I'm not doing it. Hear me. Don't stunt the growth of spiritual sons from being raised up in leadership. Hmm. In Numbers 27, verses 18 through 23, it says this. And the Lord said to Moses, "Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the." Spirit is the spirit and lay your hand upon him understand even right before this text god is telling and moses is having a, a conversation with god and god is telling them like hey you're not going to uh, go into the promised land and all these different things and this is where it takes place in verse 19 set him before eleazar the priest and before all the congregation and inaugurate him in their sight and you should give some of you you should give some of your authority to him that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. He shall be. He shall stand before Eleazar the priest, who shall inquire before the Lord for him by the judgment of Urim. At this word, at this word that they shall go out, and at his word they shall come in. He and all the children of Israel with them, all the congregation. Verse twenty-two. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. And he took Joshua and set him before Eleazar, the priest, and before all the congregation. And he, speaking of Moses, laid, uh, laid his hands on him, speaking of Joshua, and inaugurated him just as the Lord commanded by the hand 
of Moses. That word inaugurated means to make formal beginning of. This was the beginning of Joshua's journey and leadership. And see, the Bible says that, he said, give him some responsibility. So he gave him some responsibilities, but you still can give him too much. He need to grow. At that point, my, uh, the pastors, my parents, they begin to give me uh, a little responsibility, but he still needs growth. And even here, the funny thing is, uh, when you read about this in the book of Numbers, in Numbers 11, uh, jo Joshua actually gets rebuked by Moses. Joshua's like, Joshua tells Moses, hey, can you tell them not to do this? And Moses has to bring him some correction. That was in Numbers 11. And then Numbers 27 is when they knew that Joshua was going to be appointed the next leader. Listen, even when those spiritual sons and spiritual daughters may make some mess ups, don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. Hmm. See, <clears throat> God is wanting, is still wanting to use them to bring somebody to the promised land. They want to raise up that spiritual son and daughter to bring them into the, the next people into their promised land. Listen again, I did some very stupid stuff back in my day. And I'm so thankful for spiritual fathers who, yes, uh, and spiritual mothers who, yes, rebuked me, but didn't give up on me. In Deuteronomy 34, 9, it says, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on, on him, so the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord, com Lord had commanded no Moses. And as we know, this is where Joshua took his place and to and 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 lead the people into the promised land. And what did what did Joshua know to do? He remembered coming out of Egypt and what his spiritual father did to lead him across the river. And now Joshua is in a place to lead his people, the people he's leading now, across another river into the promised land. Huh. Those spiritual sons and daughters sees this is why it's important as you are leading them that you must have a standard unto God because when they face something they're going to need to know how do I get through this oh what I remember what Moses did Elisha I remember what Elijah did hmm. like it says in Malachi 4 6 and he would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the father and the hearts of the children to their fathers. In my life, huh, there was life lessons that I had to learn to get to even where I am now. Life lessons that my wife and I had to learn. And even when we thought, <laughs> even when we thought we were ready for marriage, I'm so thankful for spiritual mother and fathers that was in our lives. <laughs> like Tommy, you ain't ready. <laughs> they, uh, you know, uh, you know, Pappy was old school, so I'm thankful for my parents living in the law of grace. He was, you know, he was in that Old Testament. They didn't say you ain't ready, but they just said, let's just take some time and pray about it. And the Lord began to just do some things in myself and even now my wife uh, 
uh, at this point we wasn't married but just internally there were still some things that God was doing and there was some spiritual mothers and fathers that say maybe there are some things I see in the future or I could see this and something that we feel but listen there's some things that to get right again as you seek after the Lord as brother Tommy was saying there's still going to become some messy points in your life and I'm so thankful for that because you know at this time you know we are in our 30s when we get married when we got married we'll be celebrating our anniversary at the end of September we have a beautiful little daughter and a son on the way in about four weeks and now I have the opportunity to be a father to my kids understanding what God did in my past or what happened in, in my past God had some plans to root me with some people to show me this is how you be a parent to your kid you that is not even of our, our blood you are ours and this is how you parent there's going to become some, some tough moments, hard moments, tough conversations. But here's the love that we show. And now, you know, it, it was like, you know, one of the greatest things that was in my heart to have the opportunity to be was a father myself. And it wasn't about being better than this man that wasn't in my life. It wasn't about that. It was about being who God called me to be. I saw the moments and opportunities he gave me with some spiritual sons. And now an opportunity in my own household. This is how your house serves the Lord. And I'm so thankful for a wife that creates an environment in our home of worship and of praise and of prayer and thanksgiving moments of my life that when brother Tommy used to tell me no dating to understand someday in your future you will meet your bride and you must keep yourself pure whole for that moment and I'm just so thankful what God had did in my life through, spirit, through spiritual fathers and mothers <clears throat> and even the moments that God now has given me even as you know we are you know not, the young adult pastors here we have those spiritual sons and spiritual daughters that we give a moment to say this is how we were shown listen this is the example for you and understand if you have that person in your life if that's not the way that they're leading you, get under true spiritual parents, mentors. The ones that you may have some tough conversations with and it may make you angry inside, but you know it's love and it's in the right direction because there's fruit shown. I'm so thankful for where God has led me. Never in my life would I think I would be a pastor you know 
on the worship team, like looking at my life, like, man, like this is not who I thought I would have been at all. And I'm sure everybody around would have been like, yeah, that ain't happening to him. Even some of those people that was in the youth with us, like, oh, no, no, that, that ain't for you. But I'm so thankful and so grateful for the hand of the Lord. I'm thankful that I get <laughs> to serve in ministry with my family, with my wife, my daughter, soon our son. Listen, <clears throat> wherever you're at in your, in your life, in your walk, Understand, understand that you, there, there's always someone following. There's always somebody a few steps behind. We need true spiritual fathers and mothers in the church. There's a generation that is being lied to. There's a generation experiencing some lies, even in the school system, shown some things. We need spiritual mothers and fathers to show them the true identity of who they are and who they are in Christ. Huh. Bow your heads with me. Lord, we're just so grateful and thankful for your spirit and your presence, for the opportunity of this conference this weekend. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would take well, you have spoken from each minister, God. Lord, continue to teach us your ways. Lord, I pray that you would raise up spiritual fathers and mothers to lead rightly, to show another generation, to be set apart unto the Lord, to live a life consecrated unto the Lord, and to know that it doesn't matter where you have came from, but God has a place for you. He has a plan and purpose for you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just seal this. I pray that the testimony would encourage those to know it don't matter where I came from, that there are spiritual fathers and mothers in my life, and that also that I may take one day. God, we're so thankful for your sweet presence and your spirit. Lord, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.